Merry Christmas to all of you. It feels like this was like a quick turnaround. This morning was Advent and we are already celebrating Christmas. And Christmas means the Mass of Christ. In English, the celebration of the Mass is the origin of this feast. So basically what we're doing here, the celebration of the Mass of Christmas, is the essence of Christmas. Because this is the Christ Mass through the liturgy, through the Mass, through the readings, through the prayers and the experience of being together as a community of faith. Somehow we prolong and we make real to us the mystery of the birth of Christ in the flesh. And today and this season, because Christmas is like Easter, it's not just a day. For us who are Catholic Christians, like this notion of seasons is so important. Like it's not just this day of Christmas. This is the open, this is the opening of the door to contemplating the mystery of Christmas. And the church has always given us this very simple exercise of looking at the nativity scene, looking at the manger. Since St. Francis in the 13th century introduced into Catholic spirituality the figure of the nativity scene, that's how it started, the church has every single Christmas from now on invited us to look at that place, to look at those people. When you look at the nativity scene, there's so much we can learn. There's so much that flows into first our eyes, but then into our hearts. And we could speak about so many things, the simplicity, the joy, the peace of the cave of Bethlehem. But the one I would like to highlight today on this Christmas season is a togetherness somehow, the, the unity of the community of love that is present in that cave of Bethlehem. I'm not going to list all the bad things that are happening in the world, but I think we can all agree that there's a sense of division and, and polarization, these wars going on. We had one and then another one was added. We have a polarized country by politics and even somehow like division in the church as well. On top of that, the divisions of our own families or the divisions that maybe you experienced in the last year, maybe divorce, separation, and even the sadness of not being with people maybe you love on this Christmas night. So division and scatteredness runs through our lives, through society, through communities. And the good news of Christmas, the good news of Christianity, is this Christ comes to gather us and make us one flock. That's what we remember every time we celebrate Christmas. Christ is a good shepherd that came to gather the scattered sheep into the one flock of Bethlehem. Jesus is a great gathering force of the universe. The enemy is a great diabolos, the one who scatters, the one who divides, the one who separates. Jesus is like a magnet that draws us into Bethlehem. 
And he says, look here. Look at the union of my mother and look at the union of them, Joseph and Mary. Look at the union of these very different characters, shepherds and magi. They are all united and they all exude like a place of unity, a place of belonging, a sense of togetherness. And that's what Christ wants for you. That's what Christ wants for your life, for your community, for your family. He wants to draw you to that togetherness of the manger of Bethlehem. Now, the unity that Christ wants to give us, the unity that Christianity promises, is not the unity of coexist. It's not the unity of an elevator or a plane that maybe you're like sitting right next to someone for eight hours that you don't even know and it feels like your brother and you're not. <laughs> it's a physical closeness. And it's true, physical closeness is needed for unity. I always appreciate this aspect of the animals breathing on Jesus and, and giving warmth to him. So the unity of Christmas is not like a virtual unity. It's a physical unity. But it goes deeper. The unity of the cave is, you could call it metaphysical, is moral, is real, is based on truth and love. Tomorrow, the prologue of John, John 1, will say, he comes full of truth and grace, full of truth and love. This baby that we contemplate, the word made flesh, is full of truth and love, truth and grace. If it helps you, these two arms could be the arm of truth and the arm of love drawing you towards his heart. So first, the unity of Christmas is a unity of truth. Why are Joseph, Mary, the Magi and the shepherds and the angels so united in the first place because they all believed in the truth of Christianity. They all believed the story of Christmas and they all allow heaven to change their plans. They all allow the story of Christianity to reshape and reguide their lives. That's why they are so united. That's what brings unity into the world. Believing this story that we celebrate today. Believing that this is not fairy tales. That this is real. This is historical. This is a story that unifies all stories. How can me, a person from Argentina, be here with you tonight? What do we have in common? We're united by this sense of we believe in the same story. Now, this is not so easy. And especially one of the main things that maybe Jesus wants to pull you to the truth of his story and our force that can pull you away is kind of the idea of I write my story. I am in charge. I am self-sufficient. Today, I, I asked someone, where are you going to mass? Someone from St. Michael's. He says, 
I'm going to go to the 5 p.m. mass. And then I said, why? 5 p.m. mass at St. Michael's. And she said, this is her email. I will always go to the 5 p.m. mass at St. Michael's on Christmas, since that's where God wanted me to be. Five years ago, an assertive priest told me, after asking me my name on this Christmas mass, where I lived, when I told him that I was kind of blocks away from St. Michael's, he, like a pushy New Yorker, she's from New York, nothing bad with New Yorkers, but uh, that I needed to come to St. Michael's. Can you imagine anyone telling me very clearly what I needed to do? I walk home, mouthing to myself the whole time, who is this guy asking me questions and telling me where I should go to church? No one directs me. Little does he know that I go to St. Ignatius. The irony is that next morning I went back to St. Michael's. You should know this woman. She was grumpy and prideful and stubborn. Today she's touching heaven. She has been transformed. She moved from being stubborn and no one tells me what to do, writing my story, to allowing God to write her story. Allowing Christ to reveal what is true, what is real. This is what happened to Joseph. He was going to leave Mary. The angel said, no. Receive Mary into your home. This is what happened to the shepherds. They were another night taking care of the sheep. And an angel said, go to Bethlehem. And this has happened to the Magi. They saw the star. They saw the sign. And they came to worship him. They all allowed the signs of God, the story of God, to become true and real. So who writes the story of your life? Who leads your life? Who holds the pen of your life? The left arm of Jesus is drawing us to his truth. And those who are in that manger are united because they believe the truth of the story of Christmas. And they embrace and allow God to lead them and guide them. But that's not enough. The right arm of Jesus is drawing us to his heart. He's saying, trust me, believe me. I came on earth, I became one of you, just to love you, just to give you my love in a human way. And this is what the shepherds, the Magi, Mary, Joseph, simply put, they experience the love of God in the flesh. But looking at the eyes of this child, they experience the innocence, the tenderness. They experience the mercy and the goodness. This place of belonging, togetherness and unity that Bethlehem is, is possible because God loves us into perfection. 
He doesn't say, stay there till you become perfect and then you will join. He says, come as you are. Look at me and I will love you into perfection. I read this letter of a little kid who wrote to Santa. Dear Santa, in my house, there are three little boys. Paul, who is a good, Paul, who is a good kid some of the time. John, who is a, he's a good kid some of the time. Finally, Norman, who is good all of the time. I am Norman. <laughs> but maybe you don't feel like Norman. Maybe tonight you come with failures, mistakes, addictions. Maybe you don't feel Catholic enough to be here. Maybe they brought you into this church. The baby still welcomes you. The baby still draws you to his heart. So these are the two arms that unified all the characters of the cave. The arm of truth and the arm of love. So little by little, just by being there, the magi, the shepherds, they not only begin to love and worship this baby, that love for him and that love for, of him for them begins to transform the love among them. They begin to revere those who next to him. The shepherds begin to love one another in a new way. The magi, maybe they begin to know and, and get connected with the shepherds. And the shepherds with Mary and Joseph with the magi and then where did you get that camel and so on and so forth. You could imagine so many things. There's so much that is unsaid, but it's a place of love and a place of unity. So maybe you cannot change the world. Maybe you cannot stop the wars. Yes, we should pray for peace and end of war. Maybe you cannot church, change the church. Maybe you cannot change the reality of society. But yes, you can build places of the kingdom. As one man told me after a retreat, I realized that I cannot change everything, but I need to create pockets of the kingdom. The shepherds and the magi went back home and they replicated the experience of Bethlehem. They created their own Bethlehems. And that's what Christ wants to do. He wants you to be an instrument of unity and create, as however you can, places of unity, places of togetherness. One guy who did Alpha last year, he, he, was, he didn't believe. He started the course, Alpha course saying, I'm an agnostic. But his girlfriend, now they're engaged, his fiance, was a very strong believer. They are in their 20s, more or less mid-20s. He's not even baptized. He did the Alpha Course. He experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of God. And he started to then love his family. His parents are divorced. He told me he went to his dad months after doing Alpha. And he says, I want to ask you for forgiveness. 
and I, I want to be reconciled with you. And, and they reconciled. And that reconciliation was so powerful that the dad started to reconcile with the other kids. So one day, he, this guy, was with his mom, because they are divorced, and the dad is in another home, and, and his sister. And dad called to his sister, to the sister of this guy, asking her for forgiveness for all the times he was absent, all the times he did wrong. And the mom of these two kids says, what happened to you? To, to, not to the father, but to the, the, the guy who did Alpha. This is so confusing, I think, at this point. But the point is, this guy experienced the love of God. He brought forgiveness to his father. Then his father brought forgiveness to his daughter. And this family became more united. He went to Bethlehem, and then he took Bethlehem into his family. May this be true of you and me. May we come to this cave, worship this baby, receive the truth and the wonder of a God who loves us and becomes flesh for you and for me. A Savior is born for us. And may we receive again the sweetness and the kindness of a love that is infinite and visible at the same time. Only then unity will be possible.